Pastor Xavier Reese explains a lawless society is what you can expect in the absence of God's simple truths. Edmund Blake said this, all that has to occur for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I think as we look to our nation, that the cry of the church has been silenced and therefore evil has triumphed. And therefore, we have sown to the wind and we are reaping the whirlwind. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's been said there are three elements that are essential for a society to maintain law and order, a recognized authority, a recognized submission, a recognized consequence. And it's to that end that the children of Israel practice the law of God given to Noah in Genesis chapter 9. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, God made man. This, if properly applied, could be an effective deterrent to murder. However, in today's Simple Truth study entitled, What the Bible Teaches About Capital Punishment, Pastor Xavier explains a provision God has for a death caused accidentally. Let's listen. Our land has become a very violent and cold-hearted society that thinks nothing of taking human life, be it by aborting babies and a woman's womb, killing someone for things as senseless as an initiation right into a gang, the desire to possess your car, or just because you are there. I could give you statistic after statistic of the numbers of victims each day, both in America as well as in the city which God has established this church. But we're all very aware of the staggering numbers already. The common answer to solving the problem of crime is more policemen on the streets. That's what we hear. But that is as foolish as saying that the way to stop cavities is to put more dentists in business. The problem is not the dentists, it's the people. The problem is not the presence of police in small numbers, but the lack of and failure to execute justice regarding the ones who break the law to fit the crime. I mean, how often do we hear of a man who abducts a young girl and, and rapes her and mutilates her, and then he gets three years if he gets convicted? A drunk driver drives and he wipes out an entire family as they review his case, he has four, five, six drunk driving tickets. No sentence at times. How do you justify that? You don't. There's outrage. The problem of evil starts at the top with our legislators, be they federal, state, or local government. The scriptures are very clear about this. In Proverbs 29, 2, it says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, Isaiah 5, 20. Sounds like our day, doesn't it? No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. 
They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Isaiah 59, 4. These are just but some. Edmund Blake said this, All that has to occur for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I think as we look to our nation, we look in the past 25, 30 years, that the cry of the church has been silenced, and therefore evil has triumphed. Churches have got caught up in politics, sociology, psychology, rather than teaching people the word of God. And therefore, we have sown to the wind, and we are reaping the whirlwind. There are three things that are absolutely essential for law and order to be present, which ensures a safe and orderly society. You will find them in any history, any civilization, anything that you study. The first is a recognized authority. Second is a recognized submission. And thirdly, a recognized consequence. Authority, submission, and consequences. If you circumvent or compromise or fail to execute consistent consequences, you destroy authority and encourage rebellion and self-will. Nothing but that can happen. I don't think I have to go too far. How do you run your home? If you have consequences for your kids, you've got order. And authority is respected. But if you do not have consequence to your children, authority is laughed at, and there is no submission. And the kids run the home. Now extend that to local government, to society. It's no different. This applies to all forms of crime, but how much more for the crime of murder in the land? So what we want to do this morning is we want to look at what the Bible has to say on the crime of murder. As we look at God's provisions for refuge cities here in Numbers, chapter 35, verses 9 through 34. Let me read the passage and then I'll give you the divisions and we'll take one at a time. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person accidentally may flee there. They shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment. And of the cities which you give, you shall have six cities of refuge. You shall appoint three cities on the side of Jordan, and three cities you shall appoint on the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger, for the sojourner among them, that anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there. But if he strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies, he is a murderer, the murderer shall surely be put to death. If he strikes him with a stone in his hand by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer, the murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he strikes him with a wooden hand weapon by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer, the murderer shall surely be put to death. The avenger of blood himself shall put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. 
If he pushes him out of hatred or while lying in wait, hurls something at him so that he dies, or in enmity he strikes him with his hand so that he dies, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death, for he is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. But if he pushes him suddenly without enmity, or throws anything at him without lying in wait, or uses a stone by which a man could die, throwing it at him without seeing him, so that he dies while he was not his enemy or seeking his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood according to these judgments. So the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hands of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where he has fled. And he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. But if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of his city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood, because he should have remained in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of his possession. Now, these things shall be a statute of judgment to you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Whoever kills a man, the murderer shall be put to death on the testimony of witnesses. But one witness is not sufficient testimony against a person for the death penalty. Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. And you shall take no ransom for him who has fled to his city of refuge, that he may return to dwell in the land before the death of the high priest. So you shall not pollute the land where you are, for blood defiles the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. Therefore do not defile the land which you inhabit, in the midst of which I dwell, for I the Lord dwell among the children of Israel." There are three things that our text provides for us. One, the provisions for the case of murder. Verses 9 through 15. Secondly, the particular cases involving murder. Verses 16 through 28. And thirdly, the principles for the cases of murder. Verses 29 through 34. Let's look at the first, the provisions for the cases of murder. Verses 9 through 15. Notice first the phrase or the provision was given by God himself, not Moses. The phrase the Lord spoke to Moses is found throughout the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, as well as the entire Bible showing the authority of the revelation and the inspiration of the scriptures that it is God who is dictating, not man. This is very important. The phrase appears 52 times alone in the book of Numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses. It wasn't Moses' carryover education from Egypt. It wasn't his own academic achievements. This was the revelation of God for the people of God. The provisions was for the time after they had crossed over Jordan and occupied the land, verse 10 says. 
God was bringing them in. They were there at the edge. They were ready to enter in. When you dwell in your land, this is what you must rule your land by if you're going to make it. An absolute truth, something that is foreign to our society today. It's interesting, they interview college students and 80% to 90% say there's no absolute truth. That's our universities. God help us. No absolute right or wrong. It's all relative. The basis of humanistic philosophy, situational ethics, value clarifications, existentialism. You make all the blacks and whites gray so you confuse society. For that reason, we can have a case like the Menendez case, which people can't decide whether they're guilty or not. Because you've got 25 to 30 years of all this philosophy inundating their mind. And they really don't know. Because they have embraced situational ethics. It is no longer based on objective truth. It is based on subjective truth. What is truth to you may not be truth to me. It's all relative. Notice, secondly, the purpose is stated by God in verse 11 and 12. The cities of refuge were in order that the person who killed someone accidentally could flee there for safety. Verse 11 says, the one who killed accidentally fled there for safety. The cities were temporary sanctuary for two ways. In verse 12, it gives you that. First, to protect the slayer from the avenger of blood who had the duty and the right to pursue and kill him. You remember the Old Testament we spoke of the kingsman Goel? The, the relative who had the right and the responsibility to redeem his loved one if he sold himself to slavehood or if he sold his property? You get this picture in the book of Ruth. Boaz was the kingsman Goel. This is the blood Goel. This is the kinsman who is first in line to avenge the murder of any relative. He not only has the right, but he has the obligation to do so according to the law. But if the man accidentally committed the crime, then he fled there for protection to ensure the legal and just trial of the accused. That's the second reason. First of all, to protect the slayer from the blood goel. Secondly, to ensure a legal trial. You get that in verse 12. God is interested in justice. Very much so. But notice thirdly in verses 13 through 15, the particular number of cities is decided again by God. The total number is six, verse 13. The geographical location was three on the east side, three on the west side. Remember that the three tribes, or two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe Manasseh, had decided to, to settle in the Transjordan side, on the east side. And God equally dispersed these six cities, equally distant, so no one would be at a disadvantage. Signs were placed clearly so that nobody would be kept from fleeing there speedily. God is interested in justice, in the protection of the innocent, and in true justice in a worthy trial. Absolutely. You know why? Because God knows that man is evil, vengeful. Wicked. The cities were for the children of Israel, in verse 15. The stranger, the sojourner among them, if they kill a person accidentally. Notice, the children of Israel, strangers and sojourners. No respect or person with God. God says, any man, any woman, whoever they may be, they can have refuge. 
they can be tried fairly. These are the provisions for the cases of murder. Notice, secondly, the particular cases involving murder. Verses 16 through 18, we get the case of murder, and it was punishable by death. Verse 16, if he strikes the individual with an iron implement, and he dies, he's to be put to death. Verse 17, if he strikes the individual with a stone in his hand, and he dies, he has to be put to death. Verse 18, if he strikes the individual with a wooden hand weapon, and he dies, he's to be put to death. Anybody have any problem understanding that? It's very clear. But notice secondly in verses 19. The one to execute the capital punishment was to be the avenger of blood. He says the avenger of blood himself shall put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. So the relative who's responsible and has the right to avenge the murder. He's the one that puts the man to death. You also find it at the end of verse 21 again. Now, in Deuteronomy 19, 11 through 13, the elders would turn him over to the avenger of blood and they were warned not to pity the guilty person. Let me read that for you. Deuteronomy 19, 11. It says, But if anyone hates his brother or his neighbor, lies in wait for him, rises against him and strikes him mortally, so that he dies and he flees to the one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the hand of the avenger of blood that he may die. Your eye shall not pity him, but you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel that it may go well with you. Very clear. He would flee. The elders would go get him. If he was guilty of murder, they would grab him, bring him to the manslayer or to the avenger of blood and witness that he would kill him. Very simple, very clear, very straightforward. There is a case of premeditated murder also that is given to us, and it's punishable by death, verses 20 and 21. This is the second case. In verse 20, if he pushes the individual out of hatred while lying in wait for him and he dies, then he shall be put to death. Verse 21, if in enmity he struck the individual, with his hand, and he died. He would be put to death. It's very clear. There is another case in verses 22 through 25. The case of unintentional manslaughter. It was to be tried and judged by the evidence. In verses 22 and 23, the particulars to qualify for unintentional manslaughter are clearly stated. Listen to them. But if he pushes him suddenly, without enmity, or throws anything at him without lying in wait, or uses a stone by which a man could die, throwing it at him without seeing him, so that he dies while he was not his enemy or seeking his harm. There's the qualification, the definition of unintentional manslaughter. The scriptures give us a case where a man borrows an axe He's chopping wood. The axe handle flies off, smacks the guy in the noggin, kills him. That's accidental. Verse 24. The persons judging the case would consider and examine and bring a verdict based on the body of evidence. Listen. Then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood according to these judgments. 
But notice in verse 25, the person's judging the case after finding the person innocent. If any premeditated or intentional wrongdoing to the murderer, the individual would not allow the avenger of blood to kill him. If he was found innocent of premeditated murder, of plotting, then they would not allow the avenger of blood to kill the person who committed the crime accidentally. But he would be delivered and the acquitted person would be delivered to the city of refuge which he sought refuge in and he would remain there till the death of the high priest at which time then he was free to go back to his home. Verse 25 says that very clearly. Listen. So the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where, the hand, where he had fled, and he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. There you have the way they handle unintentional sin, manslaughter. Notice that the case of unintentional manslaughter had limited protection for the acquitted person. You find this in verses 26 through 28. The individual was not protected outside the walls of the city of refuge to which he was confined to. And if we went outside those walls and the avenger of blood found him, he could kill him and it was legal and just. But if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of his city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. You say, well, that's not fair. Oh, yes, it is. He knew the rules. He knew the law. He had knowledge. In verse 28, he says, because he should have remained in a city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of his possession. He knew. He had the information. Now you say, well, what if the high priest, what if the guy says, you know, well, the high priest is young and he has to spend their 30 years. Well, that's just a break. Isn't that an incentive not to commit a crime? All the information prior to the fact is an incentive to keep you from committing the crime. It's a deterrence. Now people say today, capital punishment is no deterrence. Really? I know one person will deter and many others. No. There's an interesting parallel with the city of refuge and the high priest. You and I and every person on the face of the earth is guilty before God. Those of us who have responded to the gospel have fled to the city of refuge, Jesus Christ. The only thing about him is he will never die again. So I must abide in Christ if there's going to be protection upon my life. If I am not abiding in Christ, I have no protection. John 15. I can never go home. As a matter of fact, when I come to Jesus, I am home. Not only can I not ever leave, because He will never die again, but why would I want to leave? It would be as foolish as the man leaving his safety to take a chance on being slain by the blood goel. Are you playing games with God? Are you taking a little R&R &R here and there? Be careful. You better abide in Christ. These are the particular cases involving murder. They're very clear. Why? They're very simple. 
Pastor Xavier Rees, recognizing the gospel of Jesus Christ within the city of refuge described in the Old Testament book of Numbers. And there's much more of this message to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, What the Bible Teaches About Capital Punishment. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is What the Bible Teaches About Capital Punishment, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com